by Urban Yogi. Episode 7, featuring Patricia Club. I'm Will Blunderfield. I'm a psychology major, kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, recording artist, and mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher in training. Join me in this free-flowing conversation with mentors and experts on such diverse topics as queer theory, holistic well-being, and music. Patricia is the co-founder and co-creator of Evolution of the Heart at evolutionoftheheart.com with her husband and soulmate, Bill Klum. Working with creator, Patricia intuitively senses and heals. Patricia's healing methods are intuitive and natural, holding presence for another, moving from fear into love. She's a spiritual guide, a heart-based coach, and a personal mentor. Patricia holds the space for each person to heal with warmth and compassion. She practices energy healing by opening hearts to support people, to heal and transform their lives. Her healing methods have the power to change your emotional, physical, and spiritual aspects into pure love. I hope you enjoy this interview with Patricia Klum. So we could do a tuning from Kundalini Yoga where just rub your palms together. Okay. Nice and tall. Bring your hands to your heart. Nice neutral spine. Take a deep breath. And exhale. Focusing at the third eye where the top of the nose meets the brow. And setting your intention. Tune in with the mantra Om Namo Guru Dev Namo three times, connecting to the inner wisdom, connecting to the heart. Om Namo Guru Dev Namo. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Om. Bend the breath, hugging the pelvic floor and the core. Bring a smile to your face. And exhale. Yeah. So we're in a beautiful public garden in a park in East Vancouver, and I'm with Patricia Klum. Mm. And I went to one of Patricia Klum's healing circles. Is that what's the official name for those events? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, smiling inside and laughing. Uh, we call them gatherings. I like that. So, yeah, and it's uh, the evolution of the heart gatherings. Beautiful. Our mutual friend April May Bellia told me about you and your husband Bill and the, the work you do around helping people's hearts to open. Yeah. And for the longest time, I kind of felt like my heart was closed. And with 
the addiction that I was involved with, that kind of further closed it. And so now I'm in the process of opening those chakras. I feel like the solar plexus chakra and the heart chakra, allowing them to open. And um, your, your gathering really helped me with that journey, starting to get the ball rolling to do that. So thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. What's beautiful about, you know, as we gather in community, in groups, mm-hmm. is that the energetic and emotional, physical support that comes in. Mm-hmm. What we're really seeing uh, in our work is it's the... Uh, the unique uh, expression and power of hearts gathering and coming together. Mm. Uh, sharing that intention or sharing that desire to live clearly and powerfully from love. Nice. Why do you think so many people in our society have closed off their hearts? <laughs> well, there hasn't been a lot of modeling of how to be in our heart. Mm. Um, As far as the species goes, we're still quite, uh, uh, you know, our consciousness is still quite brutal. There's still a lot of learning. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of, uh, what in our conversation that we speak of, contraction. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're creatures, so human beings, we learn from contraction or we learn from what we don't like or what doesn't work. I'm thinking of like a sea anemone putting it, it touches something it's afraid of and then it pulls back. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, we're, you've heard this said before, but we're on the longest journey from our mind to our heart. And it's part of why we're here. It's so funny, right? When you said from our mind to our heart, then that guy... There's some people playing sports behind us, and I heard it, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the long my journey. <laughs> you know, and, and I also believe there's a lot being cleared up about what that is, mm. how that feels, what that means. Mm. Um, you know, because actually when we're in the core, in the center of who we are, experiencing ourselves fully in that, mm-hmm. There's the natural consequence of boundary, of self-care, of communication, of connection. It's actually naturally who we are as human beings. Right. It's just that we have had and we're growing from having a lot of protection around the heart. So that's, you know, hurts, um, pain, uh, whether it's in a family unit, whether it's a life experience. It's, we're still in the healing or... It's almost like human beings were in this huge labor on the planet. Mm. We're right in the deepest of contraction right now as mm. a species. Mm. Yeah. Why? Why is that at this time and place? <laughs> Those are so good questions. <laughs> oh well, I think that we each of us were so precious in our hearts, and when we uh, settle into our knowing, we'll have awarenesses. Just sort of the experience. Uh, a language I can give you will kind of get a blueprint or an awareness of what could be happening on the planet. Uh, whether we're scholars, intellects, or uh, emotional, or whatever type of being that we are, you know, we'll receive information about that. Cool. I was, uh, I was in my meditation and writing, I was specifically asked to let go of ever knowing why. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you can focus on the forward motion of 
doing what you need to do to expand yourself and in, in that expansion help heal the entire planet yeah and, and just be in the, in the moment moment to moment whatever emotion whatever feeling just ask myself wow is my heart closed right now or open right man it's closed okay so let me take a breath and invite it to open mm-hmm. invite it to connect even more one of my favorite authors Danielle Laporte she has a book are you familiar with her work a little bit, a, little yeah. bit, a book called The Desire Map and I remember in one of the lines in the book it's like keep your heart wide open but then put up a big fucking fence mm-hmm. uh, it kind of resonated with me I always thought it was a bit intense but I kind of see what she's getting at um, what's the piece about fierce gentleness and keeping the heart open being gentle but also having that fierceness like in Kundalini Yoga they talk about strengthening the navel point yeah. so that the heart feels safe to open so even in in a physical sense when your core is stronger your heart feels safer and more supported to be open yeah absolutely so you know we're kind of com- we are a complex species a human being mm-hmm. and so the open heart of what I'm speaking of is this place where we surrender into divine will instead of personal will so it's a place inside where we are at our center and we're in a place called the higher heart just in the language we use where we're no longer um, living full-time in an emotional pain body of self or the planet. Uh, There's distinctions as you begin to open your heart between uh, the heart that's the emotional heart and the heart that's the higher heart. And it's not unique to anyone. We actually all get to experience the contraction and then the opening. And however life plays with us and however we are in life, We'll experience both. Nice. The invitation is that we have more capacity in consciousness to be more in the higher heart. Once we start to feel, witness, and are shown the distinctions, once we start to unravel attachment or uh, and allow the healing, the deeper healing. Right. Would you say the higher heart is kind of like the loving witness, the ability to be the observer of both the so-called positive emotions that reside in our heart and the more difficult emotions? Yeah, it's being with everything, yeah. And it's uh, observer, yes, and witness, and also participate, so it doesn't check out Mm -hmm. as if the emotions are separate from who we are, Mm -hmm. but it participates, uh, the awareness that participates in embracing all emotion. Cool. Yeah, so the staying connected and staying grounded and in the body. Mm. We've learned, as you know, you're an instructor, so we've learned in our existence to check out. We've learned to not be present in our body. Mm. So our body can be speaking us to us the whole time and we don't know, you know? Right. We, like, don't have an awareness. Why am I gaining weight? Why am I... Why don't I feel healthy? All these things start stirring at us. Where it's our body trying to bring us back into alignment. I hear you. Yeah. What are some key ways that you stay in alignment? For myself? Yeah. So uh, my husband and I travel quite a bit, you know, and with our work in our life. So it's really important for me. Um, the I've been doing yin yoga. which I love that's something new to me before I was stretching Mm -hmm. and I find yin yoga a lot more uh, inviting 
the participants yin yoga is where you it's more passive more yin like where you just relax into the pose kind of marinate in the pose yeah to get to the deeper tissues yeah i really like it too yeah do you do it in the morning evening or i do it in the morning and then if i'm traveling i actually bring my yoga mat everywhere with me and i notice some of the airports are having yoga Yes, I've seen this, little yoga rooms. Yeah, and if they don't, then I'm I'm the one that's the awkward one in the corner doing yoga. Good for you. <laughs> Good, setting an example. Yeah, and well, then... I just feel like there's people at, you know, there's people at airport bars having alcohol. And why not, you know, own it and, and be the yogi doing that? You'll start a trend. Yeah, and, start you know, the biggest thing for me in the yoga is I was shy to start because I'm not that flexible because of injuries. Oh, okay. So I just found that without even knowing it, I was beginning to go do yin yoga without nice. even being aware. Oh, wow. My body kind of called it. And then when I was educated a bit more around it, yeah. I started to realize, oh, this is why it feels good. Cool. Okay, now I can do this. Now I can do this. So. Kind of intuitively were feeling the yin yoga before you knew that it was actually a, a genre. <laughs> totally <a> thing. <laughs> so funny. And then, so movement is one of the things. Um, nice. Walking, sometimes when there's an, a lot, of, we work with a lot of people, so just as much energy we put out, we've got to feed ourselves, nourish ourselves. So walking for me in the forest, we were giggling a few nice. minutes ago, you know, because I have my flip-flops on yeah. this kind of rainy day. Yeah. And I love anywhere I can be barefoot. Awesome. It's really important for me. We journal, that's one of our practices. Nice. And the journal is really, in time, it becomes your roadmap to your own healing and awakening. You do that in the morning? I do it in the morning and through the day. Sometimes even if the energy is really active, I'll feel it. And so it wakes me in the middle of the night and I start journaling. Wow. Yeah. And then and I carry it everywhere with me. It's usually dog-eared and tea stains. Cool. And, you know, like anyone else, we try to be really aware of what we're eating and, mm-hmm. and allowing for the fun, too, the occasional ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a mindfulness course last night, and then I went with one of the participants to Whole Foods. Oh, okay. And there was this freezer full of mochi balls. Oh. Do you know mochi? <laughs> yes. Mochi ice cream balls. I had three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were so it's, good. It's so good, isn't it? So good, these little mochi balls. Um, yeah, they're it's all about balance, eighty twenty rule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, perfect. Yeah. And so that's what we even say about this expression of opening to the love inside self. Eighty twenty mm. will always be moving through, and that percentage, if you were to look at it mathematically, mm-hmm. it will shift and change depending on what's happening in your life. Mm. I think what can happen is people have an experience and they feel that connection, mm-hmm. and they feel that divine love with self. Mm-hmm. And then they begin to feel it with others. Mm-hmm. And then as they move in contraction again, they almost forget that they had that opening. Right. Or they get disappointed or they think maybe it's not working. Or, You know, really, if you look at us, I'm 53. So I've only been here for 53 years of the lifetime of the planet. Right. <laughs> it's not a long time. Right. So it's just recording stuff. So it takes time, you know, yeah. and to be able to, the more that we can spend in the moment at the moment expands the time that we can experience self right. and really get to know self. Mm. So I, my husband and I, you know, we, 
we sit with ways to always slow us down more and more and more so that we can have the full experience of the moment. That's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, in, in that, as we, anyone does that, you have the availability and the opportunity to process emotion or attachment you have around slowing down. Any meaning you've put on something that's outside of yourself. So, you know, I should be working harder. I should achieve this by this age or timeline. You know, yeah. All these imperatives that we put on ourselves in order to be enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, enough. That's, I'm glad that word came in. And here's the thing that when we are in the moment and we've slowed down, what we feel is our enoughness. That we're more than enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how amazing our bodies are and life is and all the riches and the beauty that we experience in a lifetime (laughs) and look we're in Vancouver on a kind of a rainy not really waiting to rain day in this beautiful garden that you can feel the love in it that Mm -hmm. has the flowers and the food in the middle of a city Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous (laughs) it's crazy it's It's so beautiful beautiful. it's very beautiful and so what we find in the work we do that it's our mind that keeps us sort of uh, away from our own inner experience. The yes. mind is kind of this amazing protector that really tries to maneuver us away from feeling our own selves and our own heart. Why does it do that? I guess no rise, but... No it, why it, other than we're, well, we're beginning to evolve. Mm. So it's the evolution now that we have this capacity and awareness as a human being. First of all, to have the conversation you and I are having, a simple conversation of possibility. And second of all, to have the desire to want it different. Mm. And then what happens is once that I desire, or what Bill and I say is that yes, you know, how deep is your yes? Mm-hmm. That yes actually ignites your inner being and it ignites your connection to this thing we call the universe. Mm-hmm. It's like a spark, an igniter, it, and then it begins to remind you of all the things that you may have put in place that really aren't yours to hold on to anymore or mm-hmm. they don't support your inner being. What's the balance like I find in my life when I when I see what I think is wrong in society and I get upset about it? Yeah. I feel myself kind of leaving my heart and getting angry. I kind of go, well, that's. I don't know if that frequency is the best for myself or the planet to be <laughs> angry and pissed off. So I'm kind of I think my new mo is I want to promote change, but I'm only gonna promote change and fight for change so far as I'm able to stay in my heart while I'm doing it. Yeah. Is that kind of a good mission? <laughs> yeah, no, it's beautiful. And what's beautiful about it is your inquiry, like to even have a moment to inquire how it could be different. Hmm. So anger, you know, anger is also this teacher. Hmm. So anger helps ignite where the alignment is off, hmm. where we see that there's a different way of being or doing. Mm-hmm. So 
just for this conversation, what I would see, say is unhealthy anger would be when we deny our anger and it lashes out into the world around us. Great. So we've all seen that, blame, shame, and, and guilt. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so here's the thing about anger. So that just for now, speaking of what you just spoke of of yourself, that anger is actually inviting you to go deeper, to awaken even more passion in you. Mm. Anger brings passion. Mm -hmm. It brings, it awakens and kind of shakes us so we can actually experience the depths of who we are. Huh. And all of us have this opportunity to move through the threshold of anger. So in that, what I'm saying is actually heals us and brings us deeper to who we are. Mm -hmm. And it helps us, again, release that which no longer serves us mm -hmm. in the healing of it. Mm -hmm. The other aspect or the other uh, branch I would like to speak about when you spoke is that as human beings, when you know, we look at the world, we'll look at the world and we'll go, how can this one person make a difference? I only have so much time on the planet. Um, I'm just this woman, this everyday woman. So the beauty of that is when we begin to embrace who we are and heal who we are, the important thing is we begin to model love. We begin to model compassion. Mm. We begin to model tenderness, mm. acceptance. Mm. For the mind's been the driving force for a long time in mm -hmm. human beings. So the mind is the place where we'll separate ourselves from others and the rest of the world. Mm. That's so true. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about the, the third eye? or the pituitary gland and its connection to the heart. Um, yeah, so what we find is, a, so in our language, the evolution of the heart, around the heart we say there's layers of protection. Mm -hmm. So anger can be a protector, uh, the mind can be a protector. So, it's, so sometimes when it's hard to breathe a full breath, we get trapped into our upper chest. That means the mind's still involved. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to feel the full breath. Right. So when we can relax enough and feel the full breath, then when the mind can relax and the layers around the heart begin to heal, what actually gets activated is the third eye. Cool. It's a natural process as we come into alignment. Mm. So the third eye for everybody that's listening, a lot of mystics used to speak of it and it's been written about and it's been focused on. And what we're saying is it's a natural progress of opening, that mm -hmm. we all carry awareness, mm -hmm. that we all carry this ability to connect mm -hmm. with others beyond time and space. I love that. They say that a lot in Kundalini Yoga, beyond time and space. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's that, just to bring it to a practical form, it's for people that are listening. Beyond time and space is like when you think of someone and then you run into them at the coffee shop mm -hmm. a day later. Mm -hmm. Or 
maybe there's someone you haven't you want to communicate to but you don't know how to communicate to the next thing they're calling you mm-hmm. I've definitely experienced that yeah, yeah. so subtle and it's those opportunities and really you know there's a new blog that we wrote about uh, something that we maybe have another conversation about it mm-hmm. but part of that is is that it's really time like we're really being squeezed into getting very real with who we are mm, that feels really true to me so all this pretense or all this personality that we've created about ourselves from fear from protection we're really being squeezed to release it to heal it to let it go so we can be truly who we are i love that yeah because it's very true old ways of being are no longer supportive We're, we can, that's easy to witness in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and as a human being when we are sensitive and we love and feel so deeply we can look at the world as if something is wrong and what we want to invite you to is look at the world as if it's in contraction that human species were having like this amazing birth across the globe mm. we're having contractions yeah, birth Yep. So, so what happens in a birth? Well, if you were to speak any to anyone that delivered a child, they would say there was a point where their whole being took over, mm. where it was no longer in their control, and it wasn't anything that they thought it was. And yet, when they held the baby in their arms, it was like nothing they can even put words to. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of us in consciousness are on this edge old systems, old frameworks, old ways of being no longer support us as a race and the planet as a whole. So knowing that we're held in some force, whether people call it God or whatever you call it, life force energy, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. we're just beginning to have even the slightest awareness there's something bigger than what we can ever experience happening here on the planet. Mm-hmm. So if we're being held, you know, I don't know about you, but I had lots of experiences in life when I was a little more dangerous, <laughs> a little younger, you know, a little bit pushing to the edge. And I knew after experience that, wow, I had a lot of guardian angels. Wow, that was close. Wow, was I lucky. So, I've always had an awareness, maybe I couldn't put words to it, or maybe the words changed over time, Mm -hmm. just as my awareness did. If I'm feeling that, others in the planet feel that. Mm -hmm. If we're all feeling that, then wouldn't that energy be holding the planet right now? Right. So, aren't we more like midwives (laughs) of this huge birth happening? Instead of looking at it like something's broken, what if we look at it like the old is being shattered Mm -hmm. so the birth can happen? Right. And how would we be a midwife to this birth? We would hold another, we would listen, we would accept them fully with whatever is going on for them, whether they're screaming or crying or whatever they're doing, we would honor them in that expression, Mm. in that birth and that contraction Mm -hmm. we wouldn't reinforce the contraction oh yes that's probably pretty painful how painful is that 
right? We would go, it's okay, you can do it. Right. It's beautiful. I know it hurts. I know it sucks right now, but you're going to do it. You're mm. doing it. It's happening anyway. Right. It's like that. Right. Oh, that's, that really rings true. Yeah. Hmm. Every time I'm with you, I cry. <laughs> I feel like I... I feel safe to express how I truly feel around you. And I'm so grateful for that. And I really mm. feel like you are, you do embody the midwife, not only for me, but for others. And you are modeling how to be in this shift that we're experiencing. And I want to thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. I really feel you. Yeah. What advice or tips would you have for myself, listeners who may be experiencing coming off of addiction, or even people who are still in addiction, um, who want to open their hearts and feel stuck. Yeah, so I want to talk about addiction because addiction comes in so many forms. Mm -hmm. And somehow in society, we've decided what are good addictions <laughs> right. and what are like, oh, a shadow addiction. Right. Let's just call it all addiction. We'll put it all together, whether it's like you have to work out eight hours a day or you know, whatever it is, or that you can only eat a certain food, even though your body's asking you to eat something different. Right. You know? So, what we're seeing, and again, we're not psychologists or therapists or scholars, so I want to be clear about that, but what we're noticing is that addiction is this place that we go because we don't know where else to go. So, we're looking for that love we're looking for that connection we're looking for feel the feeling of feeling present outside of self so I know when I was a runner I would run and after 20 minutes I would get in a zone and I would just run and I had no idea where I was going or how long I was running for mm -hmm. until my body told me something different right and in that point in my life I was moving through a lot of contraction. And that was the only way I could be present. Was to just keep running? Keep running. So even though my body was contrary to that, like I was hurting my body, my, ex my experience was that was the only way I could stay connected. And I had moved from tequila, right? Kilo warm in the body, woo, all of a sudden present, mm -hmm. woo, all of a sudden I could forget everything because I was drinking. Mm. I, gave my, I gave myself the permission to forget everything. Right. So I moved from tequila and then I moved to the, the running and uh, that was better because it wasn't drinking. Mm -hmm. But yet what I was still doing was I was looking for that connection outside of myself as if running could only give it to me because I believed it was something outside of me. Mm. That something I had to go do, go and do, to achieve feeling that connection and present. Mm. So what we invite people to is begin to sit with what's uncomfortable in support, just like you and I did that evening in support when you first started to experience you're, what we see is people's hearts are called. It's that expression is when we're ready, when we're ready. Mm -hmm. 
So when we move and we realize that we want to come out of any kind of addiction or, mm-hmm. or we are moving out of addiction, mm-hmm. get your support. Set up uh, what we call like a support, uh, like a community of support. Mm. So whether that's working with someone that's practical, that works with like a therapist that works with someone coming out of addiction, mm-hmm. we often become part of that community. Bill and I. Mm-hmm. So what Bill and I offer in this work is that uh, begin to feel the heart. So begin to sit with the uncomfortable, begin to heal. Because at one point before a person that has addiction had moved into outside of self, there was some pain, something that they didn't know what to do with at the time. So they just moved into something that would give them temporary relief. Mm-hmm. Now what, what happens is, you know, of course, over time, that pain just keeps building and showing up in different ways. Mm-hmm. So at one point, we're all invited to face it, to be with it, to heal it. Mm-hmm. And so as another has a desire to move from addiction, you're going to learn not only see the places in you are healing, but also see your own inherent gifts. Yeah. Inherent yes. gifts. Mm-hmm. You're going to begin to experience, wow, like I'm okay. You know, wow, I do, I do really feel people deeply, and that's okay. Mm. Just you and I having this conversation, and Bill and I have been interviewed a few times now over the last couple of years, just having these conversations now, we feel it's like this beginning of a wave of people finding another way. And, you know, like yourself, you're clearing, healing, uh, others that you know. Well, the thing about this, about open heart, about being that love, or is it's a continuum. We get to continue. So how it appears is we first heal what's going on immediately with self. Mm-hmm. And then as we heal there, we become the vessel to do any family healing. Mm-hmm. And then community healing. And then global healing. Mm. And it all happens inside. Right. So it always starts with the self? Yes. Yeah. What's the role that patience plays in all of this? <laughs> <laughs> I just giggled because I saw that in your eyes. <laughs> Do I have to be patient? Do I have to be patient? <laughs> Part of patience is when we feel impatient, there's somewhere that we're judging ourselves. Hmm. We're either wanting to, it to have a timeline, hmm. wanting it to look the way we want it to look, hmm. or we're you know, hurting ourselves, like we're not good enough, How can't we do this right, or... You know, those kind of expressions. So what we would say is patience is just like you're getting a symptoms from a protector. Mm. So let's go a little bit deeper under the patience, what would be there? So there might even be anger or there might be a sadness Mm because sadness is, you know, challenging to feel. And at times in this world, we have so much distraction from our emotion that it takes time to be able to access the actual emotion. Mm. And like you said, there always hasn't been a safe place for people to express emotion. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like we're relearning how to be with it. We're relearning how to express it in right. safe places. Right. Would you say, like, what does the role, what role does sexuality play in the awakening of the heart? Yeah, that's good. You're asking such great questions. I feel it's because you do yoga too, because it's so connected. With the Kundalini, it's um, all about sort of bringing the, transmuting the sexual energy up to the higher centers so that yeah. you can live life from your, your third eye rather than from the base chakras. And it's good to have the base chakras because they give us the life force and the creativity. But if we're making our decisions from those first three chakras, sometimes we're not in our highest. At least that's what the teaching is. And I found throughout this, there is this sort of, it's not a demonization of of sex, but there's a little sort of bit of like, oh, you know, you're to have, it's it's all about being a man or a woman and you're supposed to get married and you can only have sex once a month. Um, and you know you better not sleep around there's a bit of a puritanical almost Christ, uh, uh, what is it uh, Catholic ethic in the Kundalini and I'm not bashing it but I've just noticed that you've noticed that yeah and you know I want to just say a couple things first thing is that there there's so much wisdom coming through to us from hundreds of years ago and also know just like anything else like what you just touched into uh, old technology gets updated too. So it was a different time in consciousness and it's just streaming through. So a lot of that consciousness at the time, there, a lot of it would have been, I would imagine, fear-based because there was a lot of the world we didn't understand. And they, you know, they didn't know there was lands far away and it was limited where they could physically go or Mm -hmm. you know we didn't have the technology we do now that expands us like crazy so in saying that uh, one of the things that clears too as our heart clears is uh, our first third chakra or chakra like all of our core systems clear Mm. so as the heart clears so does the sexuality clear so the shadow gets embraced, dissolved, um, or transmuted, transforms. Mm. So there's a lot that gets worked out there. Mm. Um, not only externally, man, woman, woman, man, but also internally, anything that we have going on within us. Because mm-hmm. we're both in this oneness that we are. We both embrace, we embrace divine masculine, divine feminine. Mm. And the masculine and feminine are coming from contraction also into opening. That's a paradigm shift. Uh. So sex has been used a lot to feel because mm. our hearts have been shut down. Mm. So it's been like to feel and then after that becomes the emotion because we push past our heart. So we're, we're out of our own inner alignment. Mm. So then the guilt and shame comes up. I like that. Well, I don't like it, but I, I resonate with that. We push past our heart. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, so I that, feel like I know what it means, but Yeah, so that means maybe if we're sitting with someone and we're attracted to them mm-hmm. and we feel the attraction. So our inner being would maybe inform us, say, just feel. But our mind would grab hold and we'd go, okay, let's book a hotel room. Yes, <laughs> right, right now behind the... And then our after, the after, after the, the touch and the feeling and the, you know, because when we orgasm, we're connected, we bliss out, right? So we're in that God space. 
almost in that moment. But the after end, the after ripple effect would be shame and guilt. And it gets kind of distorted a bit because in one hand it feels good because we're feeling, Mm -hmm. because we're experiencing. And the other hand, we're like, oh my God, I didn't even care for that person. And, you know, I don't want to see them again. Like, you know, so it's like uh, our heart starts to speak us, to us. Mm -hmm. So as our heart opens, we'll get more of expanded awareness and go, yeah, that person's pretty, you know, sexy or whatever the word is. And and yet we won't have uh, necessarily an impulse. We might. Right. But we'll, it won't be past our own heart. We won't push past our own heart. Oh, that's so deep and so I totally uh, resonate with that. Yeah. Is there a, is there a sense of... Is it about feeling, like David R. Hawkins, do you, do you know his work, Power Vs. Force? Yeah. He talks about, he has in his book, Power Vs. Force, on one side of the page, higher frequency loving yeah. ways of being. And then there, there, are, there are counterparts that are maybe below the frequency of love. And so one that really stood out to me was the higher frequency was eroticism. So feeling, to me, I took that as feeling erotic within one's own body, feeling like yes. a sexy being. Then its counterpart that was more fear-based was lust. Yeah, yeah. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So in our language, we would say contraction versus opening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can be sensual creatures, like we're meant to be sensual, in the way mm-hmm. that we have all our senses. Mm-hmm. We can touch, feel, experience. Mm-hmm. That's how we grow. And then it's, you mentioned it there, are we stepping into action from fear and protection or is it truly from our heart so our heart and I'm not talking about the emotional heart that's still healing right talking about the heart that has that space of healing of knowing of connection the heart that can hold both the 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 negative and the positive within the heart in a loving place. place yeah exactly and so, and if you think of contraction, there's always a birth. Right. There's always constant movement. So, as we're feeling all those things, you know, you hear people say in relationship that they were blindsided. And what the, when we heal ourselves, focus on our own heart healing, and we fill with that connection, that presence, whether you call it God, energy, whatever you call it, divine intelligence, when you're full in your heart of that awareness, and then you come into relationship with another outside self, you're coming in full. So your eyes are wide open and your heart's discerning. And you can feel, experience their full behaviors, their full humanness, and then you have this quality of choice whether to embrace it all or know that they're behavior or their their movement isn't something you can embrace you won't be uh, shocked by it surprised Mm -hmm. by it you may have emotion about it oh you know I oh I you know so how that would look in a practical manner really caring for another really feeling that you could be in relationship with another and then finding out that they have a quality about how they view life that you can't sit with that it's not your experience. So then at least you can hold them and love them as they are. Mm-hmm. 
So when we're healed, we begin to see more of the wholeness of the being instead of pieces. In the relationship I was in, I felt like I wanted to be able to do that. Yeah. Yet I hadn't quite cultivated the ability to yet. Yeah. And then it, then it happened where, where he had a completely different view than me. And I felt so sad because I wished that I could have stayed in my own power and been the loving presence, but I didn't yet have that faculty developed. I, although this is maybe all ego, but well, like it, all my judging mind. But Also, you know, we learn. Right. Like we're learning in that. We're going from mind to heart. So what happens in heart is that the connection, we can be in that present moment of connection. Most of the world, high percent of the world, because we've been showing this, is having a relationship from the mind. That's all we know. So then the mind, with those filters or veils or protection over the heart, that becomes filters to our eyes and our experience. So it's almost like when we're in relationship with this other, we're in a fantasy. We're not even in the true, we don't even know that person because we don't know ourselves yet. Right. Right. Right? So it's interesting. Yeah. And that brings us way back to the beginning of this podcast, which I'm having a really good time in. Thank Yay. you. Thank you for, Yay. Being, for being on it. Yeah. Is that when we spend and focus our life energy, because we've only got so many breaths here on the planet. Mm-hmm. So when we focus our life energy on our own inner healing and have and commit and devote to that, mm. commit and devote to that, we'll be able to experience the whole world differently. It'll be a ripple effect. Mm. And we'll meet and we'll experience and we'll connect with everyone differently. Mm. Most of the world will take care of itself. Mm. Mm. (laughs) That's amazing, right? That is amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Patricia. Yeah. What would what advice or what what hot tips would you hot tips? <laughs> do you have any hot tips for for somebody who um, you know is addicted or somebody who wants to make the relationship with God and themselves and their heart put that first? But then sometimes you feel tempted, like you want to have sex with somebody or you want to hook up and but you know that you're not quite ready or that you want to conserve your life force and cultivate your heart first. Is there any technique that you can do in that moment when, whether it's you want to have sex that you know you're not quite ready for or you want to drink or this or that? Yeah, I mean, I think the willingness to try everything mm-hmm. is really important. So what I mean by that is that we're going to have different experiences and as we have more breaths on the planet, as we have different happenings in our life. We want a toolbox that has various tools or various practices Mm -hmm. that can support who we are as a human being. So one of the things that we say in our work is find your rhythm of spirit. Mm. Because just like a song or a note, a musical note, just like a color in the rainbow or the colors of the grass and the leaves, we all have a different shade, fragrance, expression with Mm -hmm. our own heart and spirit Mm -hmm. so there are various different tools so we would strongly suggest some of our practices which is meditate so spend time getting to know your inner being Mm -hmm. 
and exploring there. And you don't necessarily have to sit in quiet. You can put on a music or a, a guided meditation. You can walk during walk it. Walk through nature. Walk through nature. You can walk along the beach barefoot. Thanks. Get as close to nature as possible to feed your soul on levels that you may not even have awareness over. Mm. Um, allow yourself to kind of, it's funny what's coming in is, write a, a love letter uh, to your past self. Mm honoring and appreciating who you were and all the lessons learned and write a love letter to your future self the one that has been able to embrace the newness mm. and embrace the letting go and embrace the surrender in the moment of that expression bring in practices that help you ground you know so you know we've talked about this yoga is quite good um, some people have more of a fem feminine nature moving through them, whether they're male or female. Mm -hmm. So they'll put on music and do more dancing cool. just to let the energy move. Right. So what we're wanting to look at everything as an energy. Mm -hmm. So if, if that person, what is that attraction, that energy? Is there something that you're feeling that you're afraid to feel in the moment? Mm -hmm. So this person, this distraction, are they a distraction to you? You know, so is there another way you can embrace and move energy differently? And whether you sleep with that person in the end of it or not, it's a journey. It just gives you more opportunity. Right. More opportunity. I like that. Yeah. I'm thinking of you know the tantric view. Um, you know, so, some some schools of thought and practices are oh you can use sex to evolve, whereas other schools are very sort of anti sex. It's and funny, isn't it? There's yeah, so much it's out such there. such a diversity of, of, of uh, belief systems and approaches to life. And so I've even heard that, you know, both are good, but the one where you're intimate with people is a harder route and that it's a lot easier to just, you know, I mean, there's all these dichotomies, right? So, And I think we all go through stages, right? There's mm -hmm. different desire that we'll have at different points in our life. Mm -hmm. So not good or bad, right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I do know that the more we run over our heart, so to speak, the more that we hurt ourselves, the less that we'll know who we are and the more pain and suffering we'll be in. So as anyone's listening to this, if their heart is calling them to inquire, to really move with that and begin to inquire. So I believe we're here to be expressive. Some of us are more sensual in nature, more sexual in nature. Some of us are fire. Some of us are more quiet. Some of us are more flowing like water, quiet like a tree. In stillness, discover your rhythm, your expression that's true to you, not something that you've created. That you've seen on TV. On TV, yeah. But something that is who you are. Because, you know, in our last breath, the per any personality we've created or any point in life we've tried to be something we're not won't even matter. It won't, it won't come from our lips in our last breath. And it's important. I myself have had uh, friends, people I know come and go quickly. So I'm really uh, a believer to know that, you know, we're visiting here. 
we actually don't own our life. <laughs> we get this opportunity to be here. Mm-hmm. So how do we want to be here? Right. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm really happy to have met you. Yeah, me too. Yay. Yay. Sadnam. Sadnam. Oh, I should ask, where can people find you online? Oh, okay. So our company is Evolution of the Heart, all one word, dot com. And actually what we offer, you know, Will, is a 20-minute session. Mm. They go on the homepage of our website. They can just schedule it. We just give that. I just had one with Bill, your husband, and it was fantastic. Did you? It was so nice to connect with him. Yeah. He was talking about how he's a bridge builder between, you know, what we would say in Kundalini is the Piscean Age and the Aquarian Age. You know, the age of contraction and the age of expansion. Um, And, uh, yeah, you guys guys offer so much love. (laughs) Yeah, so there's the 20-minute session. There's evolutionoftheheart.com. And... From what I understand, you're doing workshops all over the world, even one coming up in Greece. Yeah, we are. We're doing two 10-day retreats in Greece. Nice. Yeah, and those are beautiful. Last year, we did a seven-day in Bali. Beautiful. So this year is Greece. I've been to Greece a few times. Bill hasn't been there yet. I love it there. I love the people, the land, the weather. Food. The food. (laughs) The ocean is amazing. Yeah. No sharks in that ocean. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, that's good to know. And it's aqua blue. Like, the blue is so amazing. Nice. So we're, we've uh, we've got this little villa nice. that we'll all stay at. And the groups are 10 people. Sweet. Yeah, because this work is really intimate. And what we've witnessed and experienced over the years is this such powerful community building, mm. you know, in the last six or seven years of people all over the world. That's gorgeous. So they come together during retreats, and it's really sweet. Mm. And they're out there in the world offering love, whatever mm-hmm. they do. It's, it ripples. It's beautiful. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Evolutionoftheheart.com. Patricia and Bill Klum. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with the beautiful Patricia Klum. And please tune in next week for an interview with a film director named Charles Wilkinson. Uh, In the meantime, please head over to iTunes and rate this podcast. And thank you so much for your support. I'll leave you with a song from my newest album. It's called Hare Krishna, If You Need to Cry. Available on iTunes.com slash Will Blutterfield. Thank you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
Thank you guys so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you so much, guys, for your reviews on iTunes, for listening, for supporting, and have a beautiful day.